This is your reminder, Black Lives Matter. This is Soccer Better, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. We're Liz and Laura Ellen. Between the two of us, we have way too many years of graduate education to be helpful. We decided to journey into the world of critical thinking and the analytical side of all things soccer. Join us as we discover how we can all soccer better. Liz, it's the end of season two. <laughs> I'm crying. I don't know what it sounds like to you guys, but it's crying. Um, this has been such a journey, I think. Season two feels like a coming of age story to me. <laughs> we really found ourselves this this year. We've done things. No, I we knew that we wanted to keep talking. We didn't know the best way to keep talking. We threw some more spaghetti at the wall, but I think that it's sticking. I think this is it. Like, I loved this season. It was amazing. Exactly. And we haven't heard that people don't love the seasons, so I'm just going to take it that they love it. <laughs> if you don't love the season, it's too late. This is what you're stuck with. Still subscribe and please start talking to us. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, we both began this journey, and I think we were a little uncertain, at least I was uncertain, about what it would actually mean for us, and, you know, we like hanging out, we like talking to each other, and so I put together a couple questions for us to go through that I thought could be interesting, Um, took some notes, which, you know, is on par for how we normally do things here. So if the two um, if, if the rest of the world could see our notes, they'd just be like, Wow, wow, wow ladies. Those are a I lot know. of notes. Although, like I write all over everything. Yes. Well no I was gonna say normally my notes are handwritten, like I print out the articles and I write them by hand. Um but these notes we typed up, so I feel like that's official. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um not my chicken scratch. Okay, uh, so the first question I had were what were some of the main themes from season two? So we've covered a range of topics from racism in sports to marketing to, um, I have written here attention, but that's not right. It's anticipation. Goodness gracious. Even I'm forgetting. I need to go back and listen. Um, Anticipation and community building. And I should say that we didn't begin this season to, like, focus on a specific topic or a group of topics, but we just did lots of searching on Google Scholar and Google. I think I think we purposefully said we weren't going to focus on a single topic, that that really um, didn't scratch the itch for us last season when we were gathering things on a, a single thing and trying to um, cover everything, because... We're sort of completists when it comes to reading and analyzing, and there's no way to be a completist. So it was much easier to go to Google Scholar and type in soccer and something and see if anything popped up or what rabbit hole led us down. So me personally, I definitely didn't want to focus on a single topic. I wanted to see how much I could learn and how many different things I could find. Right. So I went back through our episodes and I kind of saw two major themes. And so I'd love to hear what you think. So the first theme I saw was about like youth and youth development. So in episode two, we talked about how participation in sports um, affects academic and social functioning. In episode four, we talked about 
career development for youth soccer players. And then in episode eight, we talked about the cognitive functions of youth soccer players. And then the other theme I saw was a focus on bringing people together. So in episode three, we focused on social exclusion and that was more targeted toward fans. Episode five, we talked about social capital of the rec and pickup leagues, uh, which was in the DC area, which was an interesting uh, study. And then in episode nine, we talked about social cohesion for folks of different religions uh, in a conflict zone. So what were some of the themes that, that you saw this? I mean, I think those two themes are the biggest ones and probably the ones that hit me the hardest. I think the other themes that I saw were things that, you know, we said personally as we read through these articles. So there was a lot of, you know, Black Lives Matter. There was a lot of you should be willing to talk about your mental health and you should explore mental health. There was a lot of we need to um, expand upon this and, and push it out in a, a greater ability to have a c- conversation um, around these things that we've learned and the ability to share all of the things that we've learned. So I think that those things really fold nicely into our goal of a soccering better as a holistic view of our lives our club's lives and the world yeah exactly and it's not just about the players or the coaches right like it is about the communities that participate in soccer in a very broad sense right including fans and sponsors and all of those things but it's also about the communities communities within which these teams exist and these organizations exist. And so I agree. I think it's about taking that next step for us. And I think many of the lessons learned, you know, seemed a little, uh, not repetitive, but I think we're just consistent in how we can apply the lessons learned from these articles to then take it to the next step. Um, to soccer better, um, which I think is just such a, a powerful thing, right? I think it's really, I don't know, for me, it's really encouraging and to see that things were repetitive, that there is an underlying theme and an underlying flow that if I start, you know, fostering those habits in myself and in others, they will progress to something and it'll progress not only in you know, if I start with, okay, I want to support more women being involved in our supporters group and in the club. But if I, if I take those same concepts and I push them out to the rest of my life to other things, so more inclusion for people of different backgrounds, more inclusion for minorities, you know, more like whatever it is that those same steps will work again and again to achieve better and better results. So that's actually really encouraging for me that I could take such a diverse field and look at it and learn so many different things, but see that I can pick up a few habits. If I pick up three habits, there is the ability for me to make a difference on a very broad scale and to help a broad group if they so choose to reach out to me and ask for help. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, So transitioning to the second question, what was the most surprising thing that we learned? And I think the article that still stands out most for me was from the first episode um, of season two, the article by Dr. Gabby Yearwood, who happens to be here at Pitt, where at the University of Pittsburgh, where I am. Um, 
And his article described his research, which examined racism and power dynamics for black male athletes at a top uh, U.S. university. Um, And this was more focused on American football and basketball, but I felt like had a lot of, you know, translating aspects to soccer. Um, But from the article, the storytelling and experiences by these young black men was so compelling to me um, and just has continued to kind of resonate with me, not only throughout the rest of the season and the rest of the articles that we read, but also in other aspects of my life as well. And I know this is in part due to the reawakening that has kind of happened um, throughout the U.S. in 2020. And also kind of my own journey in learning and actively fighting against racism in my own life and um, behavior in the institutions, you know, with within which I exist. And so I know that that's kind of one of the reasons why this article just stood out to me. But I think just just the thoroughness and the storytelling of the way that Dr. Yearwood moves through his his article and articulates his points just really, yeah, it was just super powerful to me. Um, what about you, Liz? What was the most surprising thing for you? All right. First, I want to talk about your most surprising thing, because I think it's very true that the way that he presented the information gave me as someone who hopefully never perpetuated, you know, these issues, it gave me a new way to think about them and to recognize that just because I'm not perpetuating actively perpetuating them doesn't mean that I'm not participating in a framework that I don't understand and that because I don't understand it and um, because I wasn't incredibly involved in it that I was perhaps letting happen because I'm not I because I didn't know like and that's not an excuse like not knowing Um, as a lawyer I never like that's the law just because you didn't know doesn't mean it's not illegal but just taking those stories and really realizing how I, I don't know like the only way to say it is like how the personal aspect of it is like to hear those personal aspects those personal stories those very real succinct moments and not think about it in a broad picture they really brought it down to a place where I felt that I could actively participate against seeing those kinds of things in public whereas before I don't know like if I had seen someone I would like to say that I would step in but I don't know that I would have recognized as many places where it is so passive. Um, and so that, that article really did a great job with that. Um, and I'm so thankful that we read it and have continued to talk about it, you know, personally and on the show. Um, for me, I think the most surprising thing for me, and I will say that this is probably, again, being me being very naive, was that there could be a lot of change um, to your individual views and the way that you act on the field. But that didn't necessarily mean that that got pushed out into the world and the community. So the two episodes that stick out to me are episode five, the social capitalism um, of rec and pickup leagues, and episode nine, the social cohesion for individuals of different religions. And in those two instances, um, like the rec and pickup leagues had different abilities to incorporate women and to incorporate people from, you know, different... Uh, backgrounds but it it didn't go anywhere else like it didn't incorporate into 
standing up for someone at your job and saying, I earn $25,000 more than them. But why is that? And is it because one of us is a man and one of us is a woman? Is it because one of us is black and one of us is white? Is it because of, like, there are a number of different things. Um, So really seeing that just because I think I'm doing this great thing by inviting people into my soccer space and making sure that they're super comfortable when they're around me doesn't mean I'm doing enough to change their world. And that's, that's more important. So I need to like, I don't know, be less self-centered. This is this moment. I just learned I need to be less self-centered when I'm trying to help other people. So I feel good that I learned it and bad that I'm so self-centered. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think what all of this, you know, while the lessons are important in and of themselves, I think this continual and ongoing self-reflection and, you know, self-evolution, right? That we are growing and we are changing. And, and I think that's that's a really important thing um, that we can acknowledge that we can grow and we can change. And, hey, you know, we may not have ever called anyone the N-word, but that doesn't mean that we haven't contributed to a system that has oppressed Black people. Because we have inadvertently, um, you know, done things to do that. And so I think... You know, it is about looking outside of ourselves and kind of seeing how do our um, intentional and unintentional actions kind of affect those around us. Um, And I think especially that social cohesion, right? And how can we take things to the next level? How can we put ourselves out there in a way that is supportive of those around us? And I think soccer can be like an amazing vehicle to do that. So you're moving right along into what can we do to soccer better? And like, I think that it's really important to pick something concrete, but not overwhelm ourselves. So if you had to pick one thing that you were going to try and do, what are you going to try and add as your habit to soccer better? Liz, you can see my notes and you can see that I have two things. Listed. Right, but you have to pick one first. <laughs> one. Um, I think. I think for me, it's it's act it's access to resources. I think that is really what it comes down to. And so, you know, going through these nine articles this season has truly been eye opening for me. And I am someone who I love learning. I love discovering new things, new ways of thinking about things, and kind of critically examining, even though it's often painful, like critically examining how I think about the world. Um, I think another kind of theme is, it's just kind of amazing to me how like time and resources can make a big difference for a lot of people, which I think we know this, right? If we think about it, right? We know that like if people have time and if they have resources, which the two are intimately linked. Right. right? If you have resources, you probably have more time. Right. Exactly. Um, So, you know, just like one example that's not really about kind of moving people forward, but in like a concrete soccer sense, right? More touches on the ball can improve anticipation and knowledge of the game of soccer, right? And we, I remember that episode, you know, you said, you know, if we can just like kick the ball around with people, right? If it means just like another half hour of standing outside and giving a kid an opportunity and a safe place to get more touches onto the ball. Like, are we willing to do that? Um, You know, also related to time 
interactions with people who don't look like me or who don't think like me can not only improve their social capital, but it also can improve my social capital, which I think is also like a really exciting thing. Um, And when it comes to resources and um, right, I mean, again, I think time and resources are so closely linked. You know, how can we expand opportunities for youth to get involved in soccer? Um, what are the barriers? Like, is it just a money thing? Or, you know, the, the article that talked about, um, uh, like, the cognitive functions, right? Is it, it's not just a quantity thing, but it's also a quality thing. So how can we increase access, but how can we also increase the quality of the, the coaching and um the soccer that that people are being engaged with and and so for me i think you know we're heading in we're we're in winter you know late fall winter right now i know i don't really love it but how can we and we're like in the middle of a pandemic so there's that but you know how can we think about you know into the spring and and next summer really um what can we do to increase access, right? And increase, increase the quality. Uh, so that's been something that I've been kind of mulling over and thinking a lot about, and I don't have like an answer for it quite yet. What I'm about sure you, Liz? I'm sure you'll figure it out. And this is how I know you'll figure it out because I asked for a single answer and you smushed two of your answers in there. <laughs> she's, yes. she's sneaky guys. She's sneaky. really sneaky. Two for the price of one. Yeah, that that works. I mean, they they are very uh, connected, and I understand why you connected them. But I just want to note that I know what you did. I see you. <laughs> um, for me, I mean, it's really taking all of the information that I have been given and that I have gleaned through our conversations, and pushing and starting more conversations to propose solutions that maybe someone else hasn't thought about. So, you know, keeping myself in a better mental state, it's good to know that sometimes just repeating the little things, even if I don't get to do them for very long, could help. So if I love soccer and I've never played soccer, but I have a backyard and I have the ability to buy a soccer ball, like even if I get a soccer ball and dribble up and down my backyard, that probably will make me a little bit better at soccer. And not only does it get me outdoors, but it's doing something that I enjoy. So it'll probably keep me in a better mental space. Um, And so then looking for those correlations between the articles and the data um, to talk about pushing others and saying, I have a greater expectation for you. And here's some of the information that I found. Let's talk about where you are and what I have found. And I mean, you could probably prove me wrong a lot of the times and that's great, but let's actually have those conversations. So for me, it's a lot of more conversations and more learning um, and a better headspace. So mental health, as I've been talking about all season, is really something that I think I'm going to try and take away from these articles specifically. Yeah, absolutely. I know I'm just like sighing, which probably isn't great audio, but this is just, I don't know, like it, I am so happy with our journey and how far we've come and kind of where we've landed. I'm excited about not only moving forward uh, in our lives and in the quote-unquote real world, but also thinking forward to the next season of Soccer Better. We're going to take a little bit of a break, um, but we will be back uh, to 
think about different things and find different articles. And, uh, you know, I'm just amazed that there are so many articles on so many different topics that we have this like really awesome ability to look at and think about and think critically about, which I really love. Liz, what concluding thoughts do you have about season two? I hope we don't run out of articles. I know you say there are a lot, but I feel like to keep doing soccer specific ones may become difficult if we don't get some more researchers to take on the homework that we've given them this year. So (laughs) that's my final thought. Please do the homework. Yes. Yes, researchers, you find the money yourself. And you do the work and then publish it really quickly so we can talk about it. Thank you. (laughs) That's how this works, right? Man, I have a lot to learn. Oh, God, Uh, guys. The look she just gave me. (laughs) As a researcher, I can tell you we wish it was that easy, but it for sure is not that easy. Uh, But Liz, I'm just so super, super thankful for this journey. I'm thankful that we could sit and talk twice a month and learn more about ourselves and each other and how we can soccer better. So Liz, this is the end of season two and we'll see you for season three. And we're going to soccer even better. That's right. Even better. Bye. Bye guys. Thank you to our host, the beautiful game network. BGN covers teams across the MLS, USL championship and USL league one. Check out podcasts and written content at bgn.fm. You can follow us on Twitter at BGN Soccer Better. Head over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Otherwise, let us know what you think about today's show and be sure to share it with a friend. Thanks, everyone. Remember, you can always soccer better. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to USL, MLS, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your grouper team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at icarusfc.com.